54% of people retiring in the next 20 years and the, the demands for people in our industry are growing leaps and bounds. Having a great maintenance agreement strategy and club program you know, allows me to hire in somebody that might be that young person. How are you going to grow these people? Yes, there are lots of schools around the United States that you can send people, but why not do it locally in-house? Hey guys, if you're enjoying these episodes here of our Unfiltered Podcast, be sure and join us live in Las Vegas because you think it's fun watching, it's going to be a way more fun if you're there with us in the audience. Have a glass of whiskey and some good conversation. Get registered at epic2020event.com. You know, we all know that contractors are good at what they do for the most part. They tend not to be as good at marketing their business. Right, they can turn the wrench. You get them a, you get them a call. They can do something with it, but you got to get them that call, right? And so they don't tend to be good at marketing for even what they do. I mean, they're not going to be that good at marketing for for talent, right? And so that's where EJA steps in, and we say, okay, we have done that for you. We we we've created some tools and resources for you as a contractor that you can use to market these positions and these opportunities. That's what I did when I did the Ignite event. Um, also, when I spoke at uh, Epic previously, I, I did Recruiting for Riches, and I talked about that. And there's even a webinar on the EGI website, Recruiting for Riches, where, I, again, sharing a lot of resources that you're not going to find anywhere else. Um, and the thing that we have coming this year uh, by Epic, hopefully, is a career hub. And that's going to be a lot of tools and resources for contractors to access, but also for people who are looking towards the trade and say, you know, how do I get into the trade? What are the opportunities? And, and so, you know, contractors will be able to use these resources as will people who are looking towards the trades. And so hopefully that'll become a, you know, a meeting place, right. you know, where we, we create connections. You know, Gary mentioned that it's a marketing problem. And I think that's the challenge that EGIA is accepting, right? Because they're trying to change that perception through marketing with the video that you mentioned, the PSA video and the overall efforts of the EGI Foundation. They're uh, stepping up to the plate when you talk about $10 a month of every um, membership, it's $100,000 a year if you do the math on it. Uh, that's a significant contribution. So EGI is putting their money where their mouth is. Uh, it's not just about helping contractors get better, but it's about looking out to the next generation. And how do we meet the challenges of really one of the most difficult problems we have in the industry, which was, uh, I think the statistic was 54% of people retiring in the next 20 years and the, the demands for people in our industry are growing leaps and bounds. Up. Yep. And how do we bridge that, that challenge? And, and it's, it's, uh, it's an issue that contractors, uh, you know, for their own well-being, need to look at and say, how do I get involved? Uh, one of the ways to do that is to support the foundation, uh, even just through their memberships, because a portion of that membership is going to support the work of the foundation, changing the marketing image, uh, letting people know, the parents know this is an honorable industry. It's an important industry. You think about, you know, what are the industries that rely on refrigerating, uh, refrigeration and cooling? Hospitals, you know, grocery stores, you know, uh, everything depends, I mean, on that. It's, so it's really an important, one of, the, one of the things we talked about at a foundation meeting a year or so ago was if you looked at all the industries that are possible as a result of heating and air conditioning, I mean, it's a game changer. It's a game changer in terms of... Uh, just, you know, civilization. So it's a great place to be. It's been kind to all of us, for sure. And uh, I just appreciate EGI taking that challenge 
seriously and putting their money where their mouth is and doing something about it. Two things come to mind listening to you. So where we are here in Arizona, Phoenix, uh, the state of Arizona has uh, made air conditioning. They listed the products that have changed the state. And so there's a list of 10 products that, you know, made Arizona a great state. Air conditioning is the number four product. Wow. You, you can't settle the valley here without air conditioning. Right. So they credit air conditioning as uh, one of the mechanisms that allowed the valley here to grow because you could build commercial buildings and air condition them. You know, back in the day when we were using swamp coolers, you really just couldn't build and develop the way you can. So, right. yeah, to your point. Uh, and then I think a second point is um, while the foundation is, is doing its part, um, our contractors need to understand how important it is for their image, their, their pricing strategy, uh, their ability to train and put technology in technicians' hands and, and really get people the best in class training. If you're, if you're charging too little, you can't do that. You can't afford to do that. Um, so if you're looking to grow your business, I think you have to look at the things you're doing in order to create that brand and that image that allows you to hire that individual, train them and bring them in uh, so that they feel inspired that this is a great place to work. And I think a lot of our industry is, uh, we're stuck in a lot of cases on the idea that the customer won't pay me you know, X amount of dollars. We're worried about the guy yelling at us for the contactor that we charged him you know, $200 to replace. And that's what we focus on instead of focusing on the idea that we need to charge you know, $220 for a contractor so that I can hire you know, the next, I can hire your son right. and uh, bring Thanks, them in man. and train them. Thanks, yeah, Gary. Absolutely. Can I hold you to that? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I'll talk to him. Absolutely. So if, if, we don't, if we don't get out from under that particular conundrum uh, as contractors, then um, we're also gonna be stuck. So we, we need to be doing all of those things. Just to bottom line the conversation, uh, it's a serious problem. We all know that. Everybody watching this podcast knows that. Uh, the EGI Foundation is doing something about it, and EGIA is supporting that effort uh, with significant money, time, energy, and effort. Uh, concluding thoughts, Drew? Yeah, um, I mean, certainly if contractors want to get involved, you know, we get asked about that all the time. You know, how can they learn more about, how, you know, number one, how can they solve the problem and then how can they get involved and, and be part of the solution would be go to EGIAfoundation.org, download that report. That, that report that was commissioned has just a tremendous amount of valuable information. I wish I had known some of those things when I was a contractor. Uh, would have helped me better understand the, the marketing message and where I needed to target, you know, my messages and, and, and what that message needed to be. Um, like I said, the, the resources that are going to be coming online are going to be fantastic. So uh, they weren't available back in the day because, of course, the Internet was not a thing when I was a contractor back, uh, back in the uh, early 90s. But the cool thing I think about this, um, and I talked about this at Ignite, and I talk about this when I do my recruiting events, these are American jobs. These cannot be shipped overseas. Okay, in our lifetime, uh, you will not be uh, downsized by a robot or autom you know, automation in the home, right? Because it's going to require salespeople to go in and assess problems to design solutions, right? It requires technicians to go in and figure out what's going on and then solve those problems. It's, I mean, that's, they're going to be hands-on, so you can't be downsized. A lot of these careers that are coming out of colleges, um, they're going to be taken over either overseas or they're going to be you know, automated by AI possibly. Yep. And, and so you may have a, a three to five or 10 year career coming out of college, but then you're going to have to find something else. Yep. And, 
you know, so these are jobs that will be long term. And I, and I love that um, yeah, because, yeah, this is what we do. Yeah. You know, like you said, this is the industry that has given us everything. So you know, I'm passionate about the recruiting side of this because, um, you know, I know the life that it can give you. I mean, well, the reason we all give back is because this is an industry that has given us all everything. Right. And, and so we need to find a way as a collective to get that message out there so that more people see that and that we're not taking on the debt and you know they're not going to be obsolete you know uh, have obsolete jobs you know somewhere down the line yeah that they'll have fulfilling jobs you know and the individual contractor you know we know about the problem but we can't just sit and complain about the problem and wait for someone else to fix it contractors need to be out at the job fairs talking to people talking to kids talking to parents showing the video you know and talking about this industry as a first career choice not a second or third choice but it's up to the individual contractor to support the foundation, of course, and through their membership and other activities they do. But you know, we've got to have a hands-on approach. Have these conversations at career fairs. Get out to the high schools. Uh, talk to kids. You know, like you said, junior high even. You know, go in and do a, if you've got a kid in junior high, go in and talk about the virtues of the trades and the life it's provided for the contractor. <laughs> it's 33% of your job as a, as a leader in your organization. And it's not something you do when you have a need, right? If, I mean, right. if you wait to, to hire and recruit when you need somebody badly, too late. you'll hire badly, right? <laughs> so, so you need to be doing this all the time. You know, have your, you know, your golden list of contacts, you know, ready to go. And you should be a phone call away or an email or a text message mm -hmm. away from your next hire for any position within your organization. That's what I try and set up with all my clients is, you know, I don't want you to have to go out and, you know, recruit through the, you know, the traditional media. I want you to be meeting these people and have a network that you can reach out to and touch at any given point in time. And, you know, something that we talk about, you know, all the time in the training is build a culture within your organization that you are the employer of choice in your town, not the contractor. I'm talking about the employer of choice. Your place is so attractive that people want to leave the computer industry. They want to leave corporate America right. and they want to come to work in a uh, rewarding career within your organization. Because, uh, I mean, don't think of yourself as a contractor. You, know, you, are, a, you are a business. Right. You know, first and foremost, you're a people business is really what it is. And you, you give amazing lives and careers to people. And, and, and so I really want to see us promote that because it's 33% of your job. Be doing it all the time. Don't wait until you have a need and uh, you'll be better off. Yep. Can I get up on the table and jump up and down on a topic here? Absolutely. Please. So uh, contractors oftentimes struggle with the idea of how do I pay for that? And the answer is maintenance agreements. Having a great maintenance agreement strategy and a club program, you know, allows me to hire in somebody that might be that young person that doesn't know what the gauges are yet, doesn't know, you know, how to clean a squirrel cage, doesn't know how to pull the burners, doesn't know, you know, what a refrigeration cycle is yet. And we need to understand how to have a great maintenance strategy so that we can hire the class of technician that is the maintenance tech and we can train them. So we've got some great EGI members and I think probably at this next Epic 2020, there's gonna be some folks on that panel that have successfully done that. And they can talk about how that, that was the feeder organization for how you bring those people in organically, train them. Uh, some of them are not gonna make it, but some of them are and so, what you're referring to is what, what in our company we call bench strength. You know, we look at the growth pattern and say, well, we're going to need another install crew. We're going to need another 10 techs. 
and how are you going to get that? So um, you can you can go get them from another company, but that's not going to solve the problem with the retirement. Right. So you've got to have that strategy in place. And so um, probably sounded like a broken record on the maintenance agreement thing, but no, it's, it's it really is the though. operational answer to how a contractor internally actually right. helps solve that problem. And I don't think as an industry we've absorbed that particular problem yet. We see it as a, hey, we're going to take care of the customer and maintenance. We're not thinking about it from the standpoint of marketing and how we actually bring the labor in and train people. That's a very good point. So I, I'd like to just, uh, you know, dance on the table I'm on that one just dance. a little bit. Well, and you've touched on it twice and you've mentioned it once as well. And I, I think it's a very important point to it's kind of- You mentioned it twice, I mentioned it once. What was it? Because <laughs> <laughs> it was genius by both of you. It was genius. Right? Uh, you may have mentioned it twice. I, I'm losing count with the scotch, uh, so and, and catching the, the you know you guys downwind on the cigars. But um, yes, we Sorry we do that. see people leaving the industry, right? I think you said it was like 54% of the people are going to be out of this Darn. industry, right, uh, in a short period of time. Let's not lose that talent. Let's capture that talent as it's looking to evolve, because that's all it's looking to do, right? The, the technician basically says, "I'm too old to do this. I can't get on my knees. I got the bad back, whatever." but your brain still works right so let's not lose that talent let's capture that talent locally you know and and channel that for education i mean how are you going to grow these people yes there are lots of schools around the united states that you can send people but why not do it locally in-house grow your own people through your senior talent don't let them leave you let them become a knowledge resource for you to teach the next generation it's a great point you combine that with what gary said you got a guy who's retiring and say hey could you stick around a couple of years and do some training for us yep uh, to train our maintenance techs. We, yep. we think about the maintenance program in, the, uh, in terms of the benefit to the company from, you know, having shoulder season work to do, et cetera, et cetera. But as a proving ground, a training ground to bring people in, it uh, just provides more and more value for the company. So take the guys retiring, train these guys, get them as maintenance techs, let them develop over time. It's the, I mean, it's a long-term strategy, right? There's no quick fix. Right. But we got to be looking ahead. The, so EGI has got a lot of diversification in its membership, right? So we've got large companies. <clears throat> Excuse me, we've got mid-range companies and we've got some companies that are, I would consider to be, you know, sort of one to ten man shop. Uh, getting a network established of, you know, people that are non-competing in an area to be able to pool resources. Um, seen some network groups that have successfully accomplished that idea. So maybe I can't afford directly to do it. You can't afford directly to do it and you can't afford directly to do it. But as together as a three contracting, you know, we can afford to be able to get that guy that, uh, to, that can do the training for all of us. And so we can fund that. And I think there's probably ways for EGIA to reach into that model as well, creating mixed groups, yep. if you will. Um, I, I want to use the term mixed group because some people have had good experiences, others have not. Right. But network groups, peer groups, right. um, at Service Experts, we called them team brain trusts, TBT groups really just a group of contractors that could share similar problems at similar scale. Um, I don't have, you know, $100,000 to dedicate to full-scale training, but the three of us together, maybe we can afford 33 right. each. And so I think that's another right. alternative that uh, the smaller mid-range contractors can, can work out. And, the and problem is not going away, so we, we have to deal with it and we have to be thinking outside the box. So we may never have met or loved each other before, but if we work together as an organization, you can solve a problem using pooled resources. Russ is going to be doing that this week. Uh, interestingly enough, we had uh, companies that came to an EGI training 
and they liked the content so much, but they'd only sent, you know, a couple guys. And so, like you said, they're, they're smaller companies, but they're regionally, they're, they're, they're in proximity to one another and proximity is power. So they said, well, you know, like I said, we don't have the money maybe to bring Russ out by you know, ourselves, you know, right. but how about we bring him out together? And that's what Russ will exactly. be doing this week. He'll be teaching yep. somewhere. I think he's in Michigan somewhere, yeah. Minnesota, somewhere cold <laughs> and cold and snowy. But he'll have two contractors coming together, technicians and salespeople that are, you know, crowdsourcing funds mm -hmm. to uh, to work together. And that's that's the that's one of the beauty, uh, beautiful parts of EGIA is the crowdsourcing of resources. Yeah. And the yeah. foundation is just another piece. So there's contractor university and then the, the foundation, which is a whole nother uh, list of resources that as of yet, I don't think we've really pushed it out there, but 2020 is the year that, uh, you know, we have talked about making the foundation kind of front and center to the EGI members, because we know now's the time to, you know, close the skills gap. Yeah. Uh, I, can, I can feel the supplier relationships in there coming from the supplier yeah. side, you know, historically. Um, you know, can we use some of the co-op dollars that we would normally spend to sell a box on marketing, can we work with our suppliers to help support that process as well? Right. Um, as a supplier, we're interested in growing our unit sales, our parts and mix sales. Um, that's the perspective of the distributor and or the manufacturer. Why not ask those people to join in on that platform yeah. and say, hey, I'm going to be able to sell more of your product and services long term if I have the labor to do so. This is a problem uh, that you know I need to enjoin those types in the channel. So I would throw that out there as an idea as well. I would say too that the individual contractor has a responsibility here to help solve this problem. And I think that requires having more of an abundance mindset. You had mentioned earlier these groups getting together and training people. I was at a client's uh, place down in San Diego just a couple weeks ago and they have an in-house training program and they had 12 people that were starting this program to become a maintenance tech. And I asked the owner of the company, how many of these people will you hire? He said, we'll take the top three or four. I said, where did the other eight go? He goes, well, they'll go to my competition. Right? He had an abundance mindset. He wasn't afraid of training people that might go to a competition. In our industry, there seems to be this, like, you know, almost a scarcity mentality, right? Like, I don't want to train somebody and they go to work for somewhere else. Listen, doctors and lawyers, law firms and hospitals don't worry about training their doctors and nurses and, and worry about the fear, well, what if they go somewhere else? Right? They train them so they're better, the industry improves. So we have to have an abundance mentality. The contractor has a huge responsibility here yeah. to open up to training and not be so worried. Well, what if the guy leaves? Well, so if he leaves, you'll have a better competitor. You'll have somebody who knows what they're doing. Yeah. You know, so we, we have to really have the mindset to, to uh, of abundance to, to improve the situation. I, uh, I taught a class in Las Vegas uh, a couple weeks ago and it was on human resources. And, and uh, we talked about this very issue. And I said, uh, and I had just read leading up to it, maybe even flying out there. That's, that's the great thing about when you come to an EGI training event, especially with any of us, right? I mean, we work on our content like right up to the minute of the class, right? I mean, we're always finding something new to slip in there. And th this was a, a great line, I'm gonna paraphrase it, but it said, you should train your people so well that they could leave you and go into business against you and you'd be okay with it. But you wanna make your place of employment so great that they never would, right? right? And I think if we focus with that, that mindset of abundance and have an infinite mindset versus a finite mindset, we will solve this problem. Yeah, sooner rather than later. So uh, egifoundation.org? Support it. Uh, EGI members are supporting it through their membership. Alwaysindemand.com. 
Always for the video. Com. Powerful video. Yeah. And should be used uh, a lot to put, talk to kids, families, trade schools, high schools. Put it on your website. Put it on your website. Yeah. Take personal responsibility for the marketing problem. Set up a marketing funnel in your organization that deals with recruiting as a marketing problem, not just lead generation to find more jobs, but marketing to the community. You have to have that marketing funnel. And uh, with that pearl of wisdom, we'll here's to closing uh, the skills gap. Thanks, guys. That's pretty good scotch. Yeah. Nice work. Man.